Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. The show is a proud media partner for the 11th Annual Media Excellence Awards, which are produced by Access Entertainment in Los Angeles, California. The Media Excellence Awards are recognized as the most influential awards show, honoring innovation and leadership in all things mobile entertainment, lifestyle, and technology. For more information on how to submit to these awards, please visit MediaXAwards.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Reese Williams. He's the Managing Director of FAU Tech Runway. Reese, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I think what you guys are doing at Tech Runway and, and kind of even at a big university is actually really innovative and cool. But maybe before we kind of get into that, let's just get to know you a little bit better and kind of start off with where you grew up and how you kind of got to uh, FAU and, and Tech Runway. Oh, sure. So um, I am a fifth-generation South Floridian. I was a uh, Broward nice. County public school boy. Okay. And you uh, went away. I was in the Army, went away for college, uh, went away to join my wife, et cetera. But uh, fortunately, 20-plus years ago, found my way back in Florida and um, got involved first in, uh, um, in the financial services sector briefly. Okay. And then got my MBA and got into the venture capital industry, which I was told was impossible but that was my motivation to make it happen. So, oh, wh why were you told it was impossible? It's very clubby. Uh, okay. There's very defined paths, and I hadn't gone kind of that tried and true path to break into the venture capital industry. So, um, you know, uh, just being creative and persistent, and uh, also, you know, really being kind of committed to helping Florida, uh, Flor you know, Florida-based entrepreneurs, sure. and watching Florida-based companies really kind of take their place within the tech world was, was a primary motivation. So I was, I was pretty determined sure. at the time. Well, and I, yeah, I, so, I think okay. like the, at least in my experience, um, the South Florida community is really, really kind of thriving, especially in the last kind of five, 10 plus years. Would you say that's fair? Absolutely. It, it's just exceptionally rewarding. You know, I've been a part of this community, the one that you just described for about uh, 20 years or so. Sure. And, uh, you know, it was always full of very committed, driven people. Uh, but the the number, the barometer of excellence, the and just the kind of the, the community and the infrastructure wasn't there. And just uh, it's it's absolutely been on on fire the past couple of years. It's really exciting. Very cool. So how did you get to kind of Florida Atlantic University and involved with Tech Runway? Uh, so I, uh, after uh, a stint in venture capital, I decided to go over to the dark side and become an entrepreneur. <laughs> and so I, I was an entrepreneur for about 10 years okay. in the biotech realm. And I was focusing on commercializing biotechnologies from okay. Florida's universities. And so focused on projects from FAU, University of Miami, uh, Scripps, Florida, and um, a couple other projects I pursued at University of Florida. And um, that, where I set up, was at the research park at FAU. Okay. And that's just over the hedge, just across the uh, parking lot from where I am today at FAU Tech Runway. And um, so I did that for about 10 years, and my predecessor, a really talented person named Kim Graham, who's familiar to probably many of your listeners. Sure. Uh, I actually met her in away. person years ago, but yes, keep going. <laughs> Hurricane yeah. Kim, yeah. a force of nature. <laughs> she was recruited away from us. She got a job offer she could not refuse to kind of build uh, their version at Texas Tech of Tech Runway. Very cool. And so uh, it left a, a, a pretty big uh, hole, some, some big uh, high heels to fill. And so um, they were kind of scrambling to find her her um, her replacement. And, okay. Um, so I was, uh, I think I was known in the community, uh, very active, not only in the, you know, being an entrepreneur in the biotech space, but also active as a tech investor, uh, okay. not only having the background in venture capital, but uh, along with some amazing colleagues, uh, co-founded New World Angels 15 years oh, ago. Oh, very cool. State's largest, uh, most successful structured angel group. 
And uh, so just, you know, by being active and spending way too much time on all those activities, you get, I guess you got to be known as, as, uh, as someone who's active in the tech community. Sure. So, uh, so I was approached. Uh, <laughs> Very cool. So, okay. So for people that haven't heard of Tech Runway, what exactly is it and what do you guys do? Because you guys do a, a lot of stuff and we'll dive kind of quite deep into that, but just kind of give a good overview of what Tech Runway is. Oh, sure. Thank you. So it's uh, FAU Tech Runway is, fulfills the entrepreneurship platform for the entire university system for Florida Atlantic University. Uh, beyond that, though, it's really a resource. It's a hub. It's an open system okay. for entrepreneurs, investors, economic development professionals, uh, anyone who's committed to seeing uh, the, you know, the new products and services uh, that will become the global, globally dominant brands and companies and products of the future, they can actually take root here. Uh, entrepreneurs can come in with a mere concept or a prototype, or maybe they have a company that is just ready for the first customer, but hasn't yet, you know, they haven't been able to complete that first sale. And according to uh, which track they're in, uh, Track Runway is a one-stop hub where they can get uh, working space, initial capital, mentoring, instruction on the finer points of entrepreneurship, you know, the management skills, marketing assistance, introduction to student interns, um, you name it, uh, and, and, and really joining a community, a community of like-minded uh, people who are committed to their entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial success. Okay, very, very cool. So how does it kind of work? Because you guys have like, like what's, because you have a venture program, you have a launch competition, like how does it, like walk us through kind of all the things that you just kind of talked about, but but dive quite a bit deeper into exactly what you guys kind of offer, because you guys are doing a ton of stuff for, for entrepreneurs and, and people looking to get, get, get their company up and running. Sure, yeah, and you, you hit exactly on really kind of the, the focal point of what we do here is once a year we have the launch competition. Okay. And the launch competition opens up in January. Okay. And we take it takes all the way till May for us to make final selection. Sure. The application process itself is pretty easy. It's online. We try to make it easy. Uh, you know, many many of the best ideas and most talented entrepreneurs don't have a fully formed business plan. Sure. Uh, but they might have an executive summary, or uh, a video, or something like that that describes kind of what what they propose to uh, to, to to develop. So. Um, that's the launch competition uh, is, is an opportunity for, uh, uh, for for those types of entrepreneurs. We broadly engage with three different uh, classes cl or <clears throat> groups of entrepreneurs. One would be entrepreneurs from the community. Okay. And be because FAU has six campuses uh, from Fort Pierce all the way down to uh, Dania Beach in Broward County. Okay. Uh, we have a pretty big geographic footprint. Sure. Uh, we like to say from Homestead to Vero, if the entrepreneurs are willing to be a part of the program, you know, if they have to commute to come in for the classes or to dial in, but be meaningfully engaged as part of the venture class, then, you know, we absolutely would love to have that conversation and have them apply. Uh, the second track are the faculty entrepreneurs. And we have some amazing technologies. Yeah. I mean, groundbreaking, just enabling disruptive technologies, uh, really world-class inventors, but they don't really have the first idea of how to turn the technology into a product. Sure. How does a product become a company? And how does a company become, become financed and ultimately dominant in its space? And so we, we have a track for the faculty as well each year. Interesting. The final track is for the students, and that's because we are you know, an educational institution, and so we reserve fully one-third of the slots in the venture class program to the undergraduates here at FAU. Interesting. Uh, so those last two... Uh, tracks are, are for FAU faculty and FAU uh, uh, students. But that first track, community-based, is for anyone in the community. They need not have any connection whatsoever to the university here. Interesting. So I, I think just in my experience, just talking about faculty for a second here, I, I really think I know a lot of universities are creating some really great kind of things, either physical or digital or both, but actually getting it beyond kind of the university walls is a huge, huge challenge. So just the fact that you guys actually support your faculty in doing that is, is huge, right? And I don't know another university that helps. There might be, but like for you guys to do that, that's actually like a huge thing that you guys offer. 
I, I think you're right. It, it is a big commitment, and it's not easy. Uh, you know, these these uh, types of projects generally have a very high rate of failure. Yeah, totally. But part of it is, uh, I think our technology is just that good, frankly. Okay. And, it, and it's not just me. You look at the uh, rate at which these uh, projects get funded from programs like, uh, there are a couple major grant programs coming from the federal government. Uh, one's called SBIR, okay. Small Business Innovation and Research Awards. And our, our faculty entrepreneurs are, are receiving these. And these aren't small. These are, you know, sure. phase one is $225,000. Wow. Phase two could be $1.3 million. Wow. And it's That's purely huge. for development and commercialization. It's not for, you know, at their bench doing like discovery and professor type work. It's really for commercialization. Okay. So, yeah, so that's part of that, partly born out of my own uh, experience 10 years of seeing how exactly what you said, there are so many obstacles to getting a raw technology commercialized. I felt that um, it was time for us to make that commitment and take the learning of my colleagues and our team and the commitment of the university, you know, under our president, John Kelly, to uh, make sure that this university isn't just contained within its own ivory tower and walls, but that, you know, the work, the amazing work that the researchers do every day sure. actually sees the light of day that actually benefits human health and advances, you know, the frontiers of transportation and all those things. So it, it's just a big commitment. But fortunately, the, once you take that big leap, you identify all kinds of resources you never knew were even there to help with instruction and raising capital and attracting management and productizing their inventions. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. So for students, um, how do they get involved? Do they have to take a certain program at uh, FAU, or, or how do they kind of get a part of Tech Runway? So that's one of the funnest parts of what we do here. Is okay. We get to play. We get to play like talent scout. Okay. Uh, there are a number of programs on main campus, uh, but they're all kind of in the tucked away in their their own particular departments, divisions, or corners. Uh, a, a couple I'll mention. Uh, sure. One, of course, the college, uh, FAU. College of Business has the Adams Center for Entrepreneurship, okay. and they have an amazing uh, business plan competition every year. And, of course, that's easy. We just show up, we scout the talent, see which concepts seem to be tech-based and have the, you know, the greatest promise, have a few interviews with their uh, mentors who help them get ready for that particular uh, competition, and then we offer them a spot, you know, right, a slot, rather, as one of the seven student um, you know, uh, 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 participants in the venture class for that year. Uh, another one is a really innovative program. My boss, uh, Dan Flynn, brought uh, uh, to FAU from, um, I think it was either from NC State or from the University of Delaware, but um, it's called the FAU Wave. And this is where a, it's, she's almost incognito. She, a woman named <laughs> Regina Gonzalez roams the campuses, doesn't really say who she is or what she's doing, and just kind of asks students, what are you working on? Or what, okay, what, I see your, yeah. And basically, uh, ferrets out from folks who are working on really cool projects, whether they're commercial-based or, or not-for-profit in their okay. orientation, what could be, like, what's a million-dollar idea? What could be scaled? What could be actually, you know, grown to be something much more significant than just a term paper or, you know, a class project? Sure. What could really become, you know, potentially world-changing? And so she works with them, gives them a small cash grant to help them actually put some, uh, put some more meat on the idea. And uh, some of those turned into some phenomenal projects that we've been able to bring in to Tech Runway. And we allocate at least one slot for those those types of projects from the FAU Wave. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so, and then we, of course, have a couple at-large slots for the folks that just come in, you know, unsolicited, but they have, like, wow, that is, that is amazing. They already have revenues and they already, you know, have a successful business. Maybe we can help them scale that. Okay, and those spots, are those kind of students or are those kind of students and or kind of just people outside of FAU, or how does that kind of work? No, I would say, and I'm sorry to make that clear, for each of the tracks, uh, there is kind of an at-large slot. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. very cool. So Really, I just want to say one yeah, thing. Yeah, sure. We're, you know, talent, talent and quality rule the day. You know, okay. if, if the idea is strong enough, if the entrepreneur is talented enough or exhibits, you know, th that they really uh, seem to have the insight, the energy, the people skills, the managerial, um, you know, uh, talent, and the drive, then we want to talk to them. We want to see it, see the idea. Uh, in rare cases, sometimes uh, someone isn't just quite ready. 
if they reapply the next year, they're absolutely ready and they get in. Some of our biggest successes actually have made it in their second uh, application cycle. Interesting. Okay, yeah. interesting. No, I, I think that's actually really good advice, right? Because I think, you, like, most entrepreneurs will tell you that they've probably heard no more than once, right? And they just keep at it. But, you know, and it's nice to know that even people that have gone through your program or one of your programs is, you know, got turned down the first time and, and kept tr applying, right? Absolutely. I have a, uh, a little uh, kind of silly piece of wisdom I like to impart sure. to anyone that'll listen. It's called the four P's. Okay. Patient, polite, persistence, pays. Interesting. And it's true. My experience as an investor tells me that there's a thousand silly, stupid reasons why I might say no to an investor. I'm too busy. Uh, my, my kid is, uh, I have to bail my kid out of a tough situation. Right. Uh, I've already got three quality deals I'm looking at. There could be a thousand reasons that have nothing to do with your project, but if you're not persistent, I'll never see you again. Right. If you're not polite, then I'm like, listen, <laughs> I've got enough on my plate, you know, yeah. so let's keep this civil. Interesting. Um, and uh, if you're patient, if you just keep dripping, you know, a, a little a water, water in and of itself isn't that strong, but yet over time, water can wear away an entire rock. So um, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Patient, polite, persistence pays. That's actually really good advice. So how <laughs> how does the launch competition play into what we just talked about? Is it kind of tied together? Is it separate? How does that kind of work? You quickly covered it, but I want to dive deeper into that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the launch competition, and we, we're we are incredibly grateful to our sponsors and donors and underwriters. This is we are an absolute a public private partnership. We could not exist without the support of our donors and with our business mentors and you know the, everything that the community brings and allows us to then you know give back to the community. Uh, great entrepreneurs and great companies. So the launch competition, as I indicated, it'll select 21 companies and okay. entrepreneurial teams, seven in each of the three tracks we described. And so uh, I have a panel of 20 experts that are come from across the state, primarily from the investment field, the early okay. stage investment field, meaning angels and venture capitalists, but not all. Okay. Uh, some are from the economic development realm or, or others are serial entrepreneurs in their own right. But uh, I don't vote. I purposely take myself out of it. So we have a really objective... Uh, you know, screen and, and ultimately decision on who gets to come into get selected for for the class. So the the 21 winners, uh, all of them then become morph into what we call the venture class, that uh, year long program. Okay, got you. And I hope you ask me what the venture class is. Yes, yes, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> so I, I guess what exactly is the venture class? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> So it's a year-long program that okay. gives what we, we hope is everything the companies and the entrepreneurs that run them need, free working space, space that they can expand in the collaborative working space in addition to their cubicles where they can have interns from the main campus come in and work 24-7 if they wish. They get access to our facility. Cool. By the way, we have a 28,000-square-foot uh, facility here. It's a converted warehouse. It used to be a hurricane glass manufacturing facility. Oh, interesting. It wasn't even under air when we acquired it four years ago. Okay. But now uh, it's uh, it's comfortable and it's got everything you know an entrepreneurial team would need. And it's it's big and broad. It's a white kind of blank canvas that they can kind of build their dreams in. So they get free working space. Um, they get uh, the best mentoring program on the planet. It's called we we license that from MIT. Oh wow. The highlights of that program are two things team mentoring, not just one-on-one, -on -one, but doing it as part of a team of mentors, okay. which become their, um, become their uh, a board, of, board of advisors, essentially, like a board of directors. They meet with them monthly. Wow. And those mentors monitor their progress, yeah, Just help them set ambitious goals, measure, measure their progress against goals. And if the entrepreneurs gain the confidence of the mentors, the mentors can also open up their Rolodexes and help make bigger you know, connections in the community. Um, the other key piece of that program is uh, it's conflict-free, and what that is is that we screen the mentors very closely, and the mentors themselves uh, are imbued with the culture that they've adopted as their own, is that we are here only to help the mentors. This is, I'm sorry, help the entrepreneurs. Sure. That this is a safe place. This is a safe space for the entrepreneurs, for them to admit what they don't know, to confess their sins and failings as a manager, to basically say, you know, I'm frustrated. I feel like I should quit. I don't know what to do. This is a safe place for them to do that. And Very the mentors, cool. as long as they're only there for, uh, you know, altruistic reasons, then it, it works out really well. Sure. Very cool. So free space, mentoring, 
uh, instruction. We teach them Stanford's Lean Launchpad curriculum. Oh, uh, interesting. Steve Blank originated that. That's really the gold standard in sure, entrepreneurship. Very much so, yeah. i has has developed that. We'll be rolling out i uh this fall. Actually, FAU is now one of only th- uh, three universities in the state that has been designated an i site by the National Science Foundation. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, that's huge. Congrats on that, man. That's great. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was a team effort getting that grant. Sure. So do you – um, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, Keep going. So space, mentoring, instruction, uh, we give them marketing assistance. Uh, you know, we feature the company's successes in our, our, our weekly newsletter. Uh, we hold a number of events. We'd like to partner with uh, really the most credible organizations in the region. Okay. And uh, that gives the companies additional exposure. Uh, we help them raise capital. Of course, I mentioned that's something that uh, kind of an area that I come from. So uh, whether it's introducing them to our angel group or uh, in making introductions to other angel groups across the state or uh, helping teaching them how to approach uh, uh, grants, uh, grant funding, which is non-dilutive or um, other competitions and awards. Uh, there, it's amazing how many companies can raise a significant amount of money, $100,000, $30,000 by participating in another competition that's across the country. Interesting. So uh, we teach them all that. And um, other than that, just a community, honestly, uh, just being together here. It, it, sometimes the faculty member who walks over to the community entrepreneur that's built and sold two, three, four companies previously can ask them, hey, what do you do in a situation like this? Sure. Sometimes that form of peer mentoring is every bit as powerful as the other expert business mentoring they get through our formal program. Interesting. So and that is the venture class program, kind of in a nutshell. No, I, I think that's that's really great. Do you want to maybe, I want to dive into a bit deeper into some of the stuff you mentioned, but do you want to maybe cover some success stories? Because at least from an outsider's perspective looking in, you guys have had a huge amount of success um, with the program and companies that have come through the, the program. Is that fair to say? Uh, yes, and I, I first off want to say that I've only been here about half of the uh, you know time that the program's been in existence. So a big tip of the hat to my predecessor Kim Graham and her team and everybody she brought in to help build it, sure. uh, the mentors and everyone. But uh, yeah, our companies uh, these are these are um, almost final statistics, but they'll only go up, not down. But uh, uh, f- now we're in our sixth class. We just kicked it off in July first, but I, so I'm including their numbers in this. But, sure. Um, 72 companies wow. in six classes have raised uh, $64 million wow. in capital. Wow. I'm sorry, $63 million. Yeah, and generated $64 million in product or sales revenue. Wow. They've created 351 new jobs. That's uh, great. The full-time jobs have an average annual salary of $76,000, which is pretty good you yeah. know, for a clean, high-tech job. Totally. Seven, 52 items of intellectual property have been filed, or not wow. filed, actually been awarded, whether it's a patent or a trademark. Very cool. Um, and it's been huge for uh, internships. 165 internships have, have uh, been extended, and uh, 79 of those have turned into full-time jobs for FAU students. Wow. So, so yeah, so we're proud of these uh, metrics. But, uh, again, I, I point to um, a huge team effort. You know, It's the mentors, it's the instruction, it's the capital we give them. I, I forgot to mention as part of the program that top seven companies get a $15,000 investment from, from us, from the FAU okay. Research Corporation. Okay. So that Very helps cool. as well. Sure. Yeah. So do you guys get a percentage of the company? We used to not. We used to okay. just give a cash award. We did okay. some study on that, and we said, you know, we'd like to provide the entrepreneurs an opportunity to pay it forward, which is to say if we give you 15000 in capital – on really easy terms that we don't set that you would set with the next investor, the outside investor who wants to, you know, purchase stock in your company. Right. If we get the same terms, um, would it be acceptable for us to convert that 15,000 into, uh, you know, stock so that if your company does extremely well, if sure. it goes public or if it gets acquired or if you buy the stock out, then we would take a hundred percent of those proceeds to help support other entrepreneurs that come after you. Sure. And so we did that. We took a careful survey, and to a person, everyone said, "Absolutely, we're you know, it's not even the amount of money; it's it's everything else that the program uh, you know offers us." So absolutely, we are more than happy to pay it forward. Very and cool. And so uh, we just did that this this particular class, the venture class six. That's very cool. Thanks for listening to Building the Future. This show is heard by more than a million people monthly in over fifteen markets worldwide, including Silicon Valley. 
Kevin Horick's guests are leading business owners, successful entrepreneurs, and merchandisers worldwide. Now, your brand has an opportunity to tap into this dedicated and active group of business people who are looking for places to invest and the right opportunities to support. Find out how you can get involved at buildingthefutureshow.com. You mentioned um, a few things kind of as you were talking about all the stuff you do. You, you, you mentioned an investor network because I think that can be even any program's kind of almost downfall sometimes, right? It's like the content could be really great, but if they can't actually help their companies raise money to go to the next level, you know, some companies will kind of fall by the wayside, right? So how do you guys, you guys have built this like huge investor network. How do you guys work with them to actually get some of these companies funded by them? Well, it's tricky. It's tricky. Let me say, first off, just to manage expectations, usually... Usually, ten only ten percent of any company to get started, particularly in the tech space, will ever survive. So sure. you've got right out of the gate a ninety percent failure rate. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, one of the statistics I saw recently from an academic study was that if a company goes through an accelerator or an incubator program, such as the one we have here at FAU Tech Runway, right. then the failure rate actually uh, drops significantly, so that thirty-five percent will succeed. Wow, as opposed that's to actually 10%. huge. It is. It is. And, you know, some companies can cannot move forward or fail for a number of reasons. And, you know, some you scratch your head and say, well, why? Why did that work? And other times you, you kind of get it. Well, you know, the, the entrepreneur maybe didn't put in the amount of time or uh, maybe just the competitive pressures overwhelmed that particular concept. So, uh, you know, but we were so we are uh, first of all, we go into it with our eyes wide open. Not every company uh, will make it. Sure. But that said, our, the ones that have come through our program have done really well. They, you know, the numbers I've shared, and later we can we can talk about a couple examples. Sure. Yeah. If you'd like. Yeah, of course. So, um, really, the, the the angel investor network, the FAU Tech Runway Investor Network, is not just limited to Tech Runway. It's for uh, community members, and it's for any entrepreneur who has some type of connection from to FAU. Got you. Uh, that may be seeking capital. And anybody uh, within the region that would, you know would like to be a part and take a look at some of these opportunities, uh, we do have a, pr- a pretty defined conflict management policy. We we don't want the mentors that are here also investing in the companies that that oh, you know okay. doesn't work out too well, and of course I, uh, the staff can't invest in the companies either. Sure. Okay. But um, that said, it's a it's a very important. Um, it, these things are de- I call them fragile flowers. Angel groups are very delicate. They sure. require uh, a lot of commitment on the part of the members. Okay. Um, members generally need to be motivated not just by financial return or the, the potential financial return, but that they're building something really important for the entire uh, ecosystem, something critically important for the entrepreneurs, uh, because angel groups do a number of things in addition to deploying capital. They give the entrepreneurs an opportunity to practice skills, pitch skills, and to actually get real feedback on uh, why their particular concept isn't quite ready for prime time yet many times. Uh, as I mentioned before, some companies make it through Tech Runway their first, their second time. Right. Same is true with investors. Sometimes, uh, and I know this to be a fact, that uh, the average, most investors, it's usually sometime between month 13 and 19 that they pull the trigger on an investment. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so it's kind of like an extended engagement pr- um, um, process. Sure. They get familiar with the idea, they ask the entrepreneur more questions, and they tell the entrepreneur, I love what you're doing, however, you know, you really need to address this, or I'm concerned that you don't have the right team member in the, say, sales and marketing right. slot. So, so it takes a while sometimes, and so that, that getting that process and that discipline, uh, both on the investor side and on the entrepreneur side, is a really important part of what a program like ours really needs to offer the companies. No, that that makes sense, right? I, I think, mm-hmm. but having access to that is is huge benefit for to what you guys offer as well, though. Agreed, agreed. Okay. Because there is a Venus and Mars problem here too. Yeah, uh, and I, I've been on both sides of it now, sure. you know, for a couple times, and and. You know what? Both sides are right. It's kind of like it, this is a really silly example, but if one person says, I like the flavor of strawberry, and the other says, oh, I like the flavor of chocolate, well, they're both right, and neither's wrong. Yeah. But you can't, it's like it's hard for them. They, the investors sometimes don't understand the entrepreneur's perspective and vice versa. Sure. So 
a university-based and administered angel group can often kind of play that critical translation function and okay. kind of mediate and uh, also teach or at least suggest to the entrepreneurs how they can speak investors' language Sure. and vice versa. We can explain to the investors why this is particularly important to the entrepreneur to protect mm-hmm. a particular provision or um, why I, we understand uh, how normally this isn't something – uh, this particular uh, stage of company might be earlier than you see, but however, um, if you really understood where the technology roadmap is leading, you'll recognize this is an opportunity you will not get anywhere else as an investor. Interesting. No, that, I think that's really good. So you guys also do um, an outreach program. Do you want to talk about what exactly is that and, and how did you guys kind of come up with that? Oh, absolutely. I think you're, you're referring to Tech Garage. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's a wonderful partnership. And uh, we, we absolutely cannot take credit for the, the, the concept. Uh, a really wonderful human being named Scooter Willis. That's, that's his name, Scooter Willis. Okay. Uh, who is in his own right an absolute brilliant bio, uh, biostatistician or bioinformaticist. I, I forget how I would characterize that. Okay. But. But uh, it, this, is a, this is a competitive league, uh, just as you might have a soccer league or a basketball league. This is a competitive league for high school and middle school students. Very cool. But they compete in the area of robotics. Oh, very Aerial cool. drones. Wow. It, that, AR, uh, that VR young. application. Can you imagine that? Mm, and also underwater autonomous vehicles. Wow. Uh, and part of their, their, their uh, entire um, project is to take the most – the most talented students in the least advantaged communities and pair them with the most talented students in the most advantaged communities. So they get amazing life lessons and cross-pollination, sure. and they grow as human beings even as they grow as technologists and entrepreneurs. But uh, eight times a year, we turn our facility over to them. You can have the entire run of the place, and they organize competitions that are national in scope, wow. and it's just absolutely incredible what they do. Uh, and we also give them 15% of our uh, footprint here uh, for their permanent use. So they've, wow. they've put up a chain link fence and they have a maker space with laser cutters and 3D printers. And they're in here all hours, uh, you know, making their robots, perfecting their drones and, uh, you know, basically figuring out what the next big uh, advantage they can get in a competition. Sure. They're so good. We actually give them a de- dedicated slot as one of the student entrepreneurs because usually there's some entrepreneur in that group that has an amazing idea that deserves to become a company. That's very cool, actually. Yeah. Like, is there an age limit on that? Can I come down and play? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like, Love that it. sounds really cool, right? Like, you should maybe do adult versions of that. That's cool. Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, we have. <laughs> That's funny. Well, we, we always do need help. Listen, we need mentors. If, if you're particularly good in an area of technology or if you've had a success previously as an entrepreneur, uh, we desperately need you. Uh, constantly need you know, new ideas and new, new, uh, new, uh, new blood. Uh, if you have an idea, of course, an entrepreneur, we'd love to have you apply to the program. Um, if you are philanthropically you know, minded, uh, we, we have so many projects that we'd love to get funded and you know, we can tailor something that meets your particular interests or needs. But uh, we are a very open system. We're very much a community resource in addition to one that the university uses. Very so, cool. Uh, I hope you do come down. <laughs> no, yeah, I would love to. Um, no, so you mentioned you guys also do a handful of other kind of events throughout the year. Do you want to kind of talk about some of those or, or just kind of some themes that you guys kind of do throughout the year? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll mention two, two that uh, one that we do on our own and one that we partner sure. uh, with another group. Uh, so uh, we're just getting ready for our annual Maverick reception. Okay. And the Maverick reception is an opportunity for us to tip our hats to one of the just absolute blowout, uh, out of this world successes that we've had w- within our region here from entrepreneurs that have completely defied the odds, done it their own way, and uh, created just an amazing success. Uh, this year, we are uh, honoring Ron and John Antevi, who are the uh, brothers that co-founded eBuilder. Oh, very cool. eBuilder is based in Plantation and just got acquired for $550 million. Wow. And Congrats to them. <laughs> yeah. And they're so gracious. They're going to come and they'll, they'll kind of share their insights and allow us to, you know, fate, F-E-T-E, fit their success. And uh, also tip our hats to everyone else that makes our program work, the mentors, the advisors, the donors, uh, the advisory board, the entrepreneurs, all that. Uh, 
Uh, and that's that's a, that's just a lot of fun. It's amazing what you can do to a warehouse, uh, convert to warehouse space when you uh, have help from the community. We doll this thing up. We've got silk parachutes hanging from the ceilings. We'll have that's drones cool. flying. Um, you won't recognize it. It just it really cleans up nicely. <laughs> that's that's very cool, man. That's that's great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, another event we have is called Meet the Angels, okay. and uh, this is born out of a, uh, I think. A, a, a lack that we saw in the community, there there were a number of investor um, kind of themed events, uh, but they were primarily a bunch of talking heads up on the stage. And right. one time I participated in one and I counted 18 of us. And I was thinking, gosh, you know, this is probably useful to entrepreneurs, but it really was kind of one infomercial after the next. And it was uh, everyone okay. trying to, in some ways, out, out feature themselves versus the person on their left and right. And I think, now that's not so helpful. So, you know, we took a different approach with, with Meet the Angels and, and really kind of wanted to have just one investor profile, one investor archetype from the many different uh, channels or, or, or you know, uh, uh, resources or pools of capital that an entrepreneur might be able to uh, pursue. And so we, we had, I think, eight different – last time we had mini panels. Okay. And we had specific profiles. And um, with our handout, with the program guide, we try to actually, you know, provide it as a resource, something entrepreneurs will actually put on their shelf, and they can pull down and look almost kind of like a dictionary or an encyclopedia a little bit to learn about, okay, what now what is the difference between a, a merchant bank and a placement agent? Or when would I go to an angel versus a venture capital firm? Sure. It's, and so kind of a little, little deeper take on, uh, you know, allowing entrepreneurs to learn as much as they can about early stage capital raising because it ain't it ain't easy and it really is a mystery to most yeah i would i would agree i, I think even just somebody that's kind of in the space as well like it, i get asked sometimes and you're just like well it kind of depends so like having something like that where you i could go to somebody and talk about like my specific situation or their specific situation right is is really kind of beneficial you're right like the panel stuff can be good but it's also nice being able to kind of tailor it a little bit more to what the people going kind of need or advice or investment from kind of, you know, the actual kind of investors or angels or wh whoever, right? Yes, I think you're, I didn't think, I didn't really kind of hit upon it till you just, you just kind of mentioned it. It's a, uh, you, we can ask questions of panelists, what we think the entrepreneurs need to hear, but very often the panelists are going to turn it into something they want to talk about mm. uh, versus if we narrowly construe kind of the, the process of the event and the questions and the overall format, uh, then I think we get a little more to the heart of what the entrepreneurs really need to learn and really need to hear. Sure. Very cool. So I, I do want to make sure we have some time. So do you want to talk about some of the successful kind of companies or, or startups that have come come through any one of your programs? Because just looking online, there's a ton of them. Do you want to maybe showcase some of them? Oh, absolutely. Sure, sure. Well, let's take a student success. And this okay. is really, this. yeah, this talks about, uh, I think, speaks to the success of the entire uh, university community, and uh, but, but also the broader community. Uh, a company named Betabox, B-E-D-A-B-O-X, okay. recently renamed Shipmunk. Okay. Not Chipmunk, but Shipmunk. And it has a really cool logo to go with it. Uh, is a company that was started by Jan Bednar. Uh, Jan was a, an international student from the Czech Republic. Oh wow! Came to FAU. Yeah. And uh, as I understand it, uh, it was hard for him to, you know, actually focus on his studies because his cell phone kept ringing from Europe, his colleagues, and he kept getting emails and texts, and they're saying, "Jan, I understand you're in America. Please ship me the latest iPhone. Sure. Hey, I need this component X Y Z." And he kind of realized, hey, there's there's appears to be some demand here, for uh, you know, for uh, uh, almost like a purchasing service, a buying service for international students. Sure. And so he launched uh, BetaBox then, <clears throat> excuse me, and Shipmunk now, kind of on that initial premise. But like any great entrepreneur, he learned quickly to you know had his antenna up for the bigger opportunity, and also learned to pivot and pivot quickly, and. Uh, the other gift I think John had, Jan rather, as a as an individual, was just being imminently receptive to feedback okay. and coaching. And so uh, he he 
won first place in the uh, in the uh, FAU College of Business's business plan competition. Very cool. Run by the Adams Center. And then that parlayed him to uh, be FAU's representative at the state level, the statewide business plan competition. He took first there. Very cool. And then, uh, you know, he had earned a slot into Tech Runway. And now this is right before, uh, a little bit before I, I, I came on board here. Gotcha. But uh, he made the most of his time here, and his mentors really did an amazing job for him. And so uh, they helped him build out uh, uh, a uh, – he pivoted and became essentially an e-commerce uh, source pick, pack, and ship service. Okay, So that if there's an e-tailer that knows how to market and knows their customer segment and how to get to them and what the value proposition those customers are looking for, but really doesn't want to necessarily source the item or store it or pick, pack, or ship it, Jan can do all that and does that for all of them. Interesting. And I – don't want to reveal all of his numbers, but I will tell you he tripled his revenues from year one to two. Wow! He then That's huge. quadrupled it the next year. That's great. And now he's gone. Uh, I, you know, he's into eight figures of revenue. Wow! I'm not talking transactional revenue. I'm talking about you know gross receipts to his company. Oh, that's great. That's huge. Company's on fire. On fire. Uh, they are presently in a 35,000-square-foot facility in Deerfield Beach, Florida, and I think they acquired a second facility in California. Wow, very cool. This happened in like three, three and a half years. <laughs> it's sure. just amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, so hats off to Jan. Sure, that's great. He just got selected as one of Forbes 30 under 30. Wow, and I think that's huge, actually. Yeah, absolutely, and also made the Inc. list, uh, one of the fastest-growing companies in America. I think he's in the top top uh, 30 for that as well i believe wow that's really great do you want to share a couple other success stories oh certainly so uh we also have a uh and here this is kind of shows you how entrepreneurship can 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 take form in ways you might not expect but if you really can you know meet a market need uh you know meet a, a critical need of a customer segment with something that provides real value to them uh, you can you can be successful as an entrepreneur. Sure. We have a company uh, called well, actually, iTeam is is the product offering. A professor here at Tech Runway, I'm sorry, at FAU, uh, approached Tech Runway, and he said, uh, you know, I, I have a very successful consulting business. Okay. Uh, and I'm I'm a worldwide expert when it comes to nursing home and nursing home care. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, many quality nursing home programs fall out of favor with state regulators. They, they, miss, they miss a key part of their inspections or a key regulatory requirement. And it may not be a substantive failing. It may be just be an administrative something, but it could be something more serious that they, they had a blind side for they didn't see. And so Joe had a checklist. I call him Joe. He was a professor. <laughs> had a checklist uh, and an understanding and a process for how these companies can get back into the good graces of these state regulators so they can get back into business. And uh, he turned that into a manual, a training program, a website, uh, all those things to really help them solve a critical need to allow them get to get back on their feet and in business and, you know, helping patients that need uh, help of nursing home. Uh, and so through Tech Runway and through the help of mentors and through uh, also the Office of Technology Development here, uh, he was able to copyright what he does rather than patent and uh, license it to a major company uh, out of the Twin Cities. And, uh, you know, he's on a nice revenue ramp right now on that. Very cool. And he never quit his day job. He's still a full-time professor and still writing articles and consulting. But uh, he took what he was already doing, but he learned how to uh, essentially productize it and then commercialize it. Interesting. Do you, want, do, yeah. you, do you want to do one more? Sure. So let's see. We've done student and faculty. Let's do a community here, sure. community-based companies. Goodness, there's just so many. <laughs> no, I, fair enough. Yeah, there's tons. And people can go to the website and look at all of them, well, too. I will say Scott Adams' company is really remarkable. Many of us uh, here in the region know Scott. Uh, he okay. has built and sold several companies uh, previously. You know, he's very remarkable. That rare breed of human being called a serial entrepreneur. Sure. But came into Tech Runway here, uh, you know, primarily for space and for the connection to the community, and uh, you know, access to interns uh, and, and talented interns that folks really under have, you know, the, the skills that they'll need moving forward. And uh, what they are doing now is creating essentially the command control, command and control systems for not one drone but entire fleets of drones. Oh wow. Yeah, for law enforcement, sure. for search and rescue, sure, and also for environmental uh, monitoring. 
Uh, just two quick examples. The next time uh, some uh, teenage boys decide to take a, a boat out in the Atlantic Ocean and wander too far, uh, fortunately, there may be a resource for them uh, by just dispatching a, a fleet of drones. They might be able to find those, uh, you know, stranded uh, mariners, uh, you know, quicker than uh, traditional sure. search techniques wow, and at a cool. fraction of the cost. Sure. Yeah. Wow, that's huge, actually. I think so, too. So you can do well by doing good. No, that's that's interesting. So you've been obviously kind of on the investment side. You've worked with startups through um, kind of your whole career and, and obviously kind of what you're doing at uh, FAU and Tech Runway. But what advice do you kind of give people on what you, you had some really good advice with your four P's? Like what other advice do you kind of give people on kind of any stage of their kind of career? Um, maybe from the startup side, and then maybe if they're from the investment side, if they're looking to be an investor or they are an investor. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, Put you on the spot. So I, on the entrepreneur side, no, I just it's uh, I have to say uh, I was first an, uh, an investor, and then I was an entrepreneur, and while I was still an investor, and now I'm becoming an entrepreneur all over again, but through the eyes and experiences of 72 other companies. Interesting. Yeah, and I have to say it's really a wonderful period of time now uh, for me personally to reevaluate uh, what I thought I knew. Okay. Uh, that is through uh, the uh, marvelous program I mentioned before called ICOR. Okay. ICOR takes the best uh, uh, kind of instructional techniques and learning from the Lean Launchpad. Yeah. Uh, you know, Steve Blank and Eric Reese uh, and Stanford University help kind of popularize that. Sure. But I think those lessons, uh, most entrepreneurs learn those or really have the courage to jump in and really figure out uh, the, the critical lessons there. Uh, the, the, one of the key tenets is most companies fail yeah. because they make products that nobody wants. Sure. That sounds so simple, mm-hmm. but it's so hard to yeah. apply and it's so hard to figure out because in order to figure out whether somebody will buy something, will want to buy something, you actually have to figure out what is the value proposition. What is the really the point of pain, the hair on fire problem that those potential customers have that they may not even know they have until you engage them in deep discussion on what are you using now? What does it work? How does it work? What do you like about it? What are its limitations? What do you not like about it? What didn't work before? What would you switch to? How, when, why would you switch? Kind of those really detailed questions. And you can't get to those unless you've done a significant number of interviews with potential customers. Sure. I, and I think i methodology is absolutely indispensable for getting to that, those answers in a very short period of time. I think that's really good advice, actually, because you're, you're right. Like it's, I think if you can, if you can fail, like you will have failure as an entrepreneur. It doesn't have to be a negative word that it's portrayed, right? But if you can learn and maybe make less failures because of something or learning from somebody else, I, I think you're better off, right? You're absolutely right. And and to add to that, I think most, most entrepreneurs and inventors are either technology-driven. They sure. come up with a technology and they assume that they know how it should be applied or how consumers will want to use it or what problems it will solve for consumers because it seems obvious. But you know what? It's not. It's not obvious till you get out and ask customers. Sure. And then uh, the other is people can, sometimes entrepreneurs can be uh, kind of slaves to their own experience. That you know they, They've had a particular frustration and they assume that everybody has had the same problem. But it's really contextual and it really depends on you know which particular customer segment desperately needs what you have but it's because they've identified the problem, not you, and then which one can actually pay for it. <laughs> sure, no, exactly, and then there's nothing wrong with pivoting either, right? Like, that's also kind of portrayed kind of negatively, but I think every business ever is pivoted at some point or added or, or changed kind of their core business, right, at some point, or maybe not necessarily their core business, but they've added things, like it's Something that you, if a company that started 100 years ago, chances are they're not doing exactly what they did 100 years ago, right? So I think just trying to break down some of the negative context of some of this, these words or these ideas, like they don't have to always be so negative, at least in my opinion. Have you found that as well? No, I think you nailed it. Uh, absolutely. I think pivoting should be celebrated. Pivoting exactly. is an art. 
and pivoting should be a constant process of renewal. Yeah. Uh, and there's so many, I, I would recommend to all your listeners, uh, and it's nothing new, but uh, Eric Reese's book, his last name is spelled R-I-E-S, The Lean Startup. Yeah, it's a great he book, He goes through actually. a number of different types of pivots. Yep. Uh, and, you know, you're constantly evolving because also your customer segment, once you get the first ones paying, um, you then want to move on to the next customer segment, the more profitable one, or the one that buys more often or buys a bigger ticket item or, or needs a complete solution. And that all requires, you know, a series of micro pivots. So uh, I agree with you. I think it should it should be destigmatized, and really, it's an art that every successful entrepreneur needs to learn. No, I 100% agree with you. But we're coming to the end of the show, so maybe let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about FAU and and the program and Tech Runway and everything we kind of talked about today. Well, I think the, the the and thanks for asking. You know, we again we'd love to we'd love to get to know everybody who has a passion for entrepreneurship and or supporting entrepreneurs or investing in entrepreneurs. You know, we really hope that there's a way for everyone to engage with with us. And you know, we this it's all about people at the end of the day and relationships. And so we we want to we'd love to start that journey with the, with your listeners. Uh, best thing would be to uh, just hit our website uh, and then. Uh, also, uh, subscribe to our e-newsletter. Uh, we try to keep that current and relevant, and that's the way they can keep informed of events and uh, you know deadlines to apply if they're entrepreneurs. And uh, if they want to become a mentor, a business mentor, work on a team with others, um, you know that that's all there. That's kind of our portal. The website is techrunway, all one word, dot .fau, dot .edu. Perfect, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you, and have a good rest of your day, man. Well, I really appreciate it. It really made me think hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I appreciate you for being uh, for, for your commitment to, uh, to you know, this rare breed of human beings we call entrepreneurs that really make the world go round. Perfect, man. Well, uh, thanks again, and we'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Okay. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future. <laughs>